Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about what to do when your teen or young adult child is really flat. Their affect is kind of flat. Nothing seems interesting. They don't like to do things that they used to do. Um, it's like the lights have been dimmed on everything. This can be really frightening to watch your child go through this. Um, this is known as anhedonia. So in today's episode, we're going to explore this, talk about ways to support your child, um, how to get help and when to get help. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So let's start with the definition of anhedonia, which is a symptom of depression. Um, and it's really the inability to experience pleasure from activities that people normally find enjoyable. So I want to say there can be a number of different causes for this. So with, with teens, especially, especially with teenagers around 15 or 16, they're in a natural kind of existential state of angst. Um, this is this is a time when they're leaving sort of the younger years as teenagers, you know, being older and having more responsibilities in college is still fairly um, sort of often to the distance. And so 15 and 16 is an age where you will often see this existential angst. What's the point of anything? You know, being an adult is hard and it's boring. And look what this generation's done to our world. Like everything's, you know, there's no point to anything. Everything feels hopeless. Hormones also add to that at this age. So it is not unusual to see this uh, spike at 15 or 16. If it's something that goes on and on for weeks, um, I think it, it it may be some you know, that may be a reason to go and see the pediatrician or talk to a therapist or maybe even a life coach, something like that. Um, but there, so let me go back to some of the other reasons for this. So you know, having a recent tragedy or something really traumatic happening, you can have this um, this effect afterwards for a little while. You know, other extreme life factors can do that. Um, but the main thing is if it goes on for more than a few weeks, I would contact your child's pediatrician and really look into it. Um, the other thing too, I mean, you know, your child, so even if it doesn't go on that long, but you just have this sense in your gut that something's not right and you want to deal with it, then just go and do that right away. I think it's really important. You know, I, the, people have lots of different opinions about therapy and you want to find the right match and you want to find someone who actually clicks with your child and they need to click with that person. Um, they often don't want to go, especially if they're teenagers. Sometimes it's best to say, hey, I want you to know what you're saying no to. So let's just try at least three sessions, I recommend, to see if this person can help you. But if you have a gut feeling that your child needs some help, then just go for it. Um, okay, so it can be a symptom of depression, sort of what I'm getting at here. Um, so what does it feel like? So it literally feels like the lights have gone out, like everything is just dimmed, or they're looking through a very thick pane of glass at everyone else living their lives. 
and enjoying things. Um, it feels heavy. Like there's weights around your feet, doing anything, um, is hard. And then things that you, they used to love like music or even seeing their friends just doesn't feel like anything. Um, and so you'll often hear someone in the state talk about, they just want to want something, want to want to do something. It's sort of like someone just like shut the life force off. And it's a really hard feeling in some ways being anxious feels better because at least you feel like you want to do something. You want to use some strategies. You want to fix it. And if you're depressed, then you're sort of just um, letting those feelings out and you're kind of sitting in the heaviness of it. This feeling is really strange because it doesn't really feel like anything at all. Um, and a lot of kids feel this way. They don't quite understand what it is. So depending on, so there's, two types of depression. There's clinical depression, which is just sort of episodic. There's, you have episodes, it comes and goes. Sometimes they can last for a long time. Sometimes it can be just a few days in a cycle. And then there's anxiety related depression. So this is more common with gifted kids. You'll see this more with children that have ADHD and teens that have ADHD and young adults. Um, it's when they have a whole bunch of tasks they need to do the ADHD maybe has gotten in the way or procrastination has gotten in the way and the tasks aren't getting done and then they're piling up. Then there's this internal sense of what's wrong with me and why can't I do life and other people can do these simple things. Why can't I? Um, and it, so it goes in a very specific cycle. There's anxiety. I should do that thing. I got to do that thing. I got to do that thing. I didn't do that thing. So now I'm depressed that I didn't do that thing. Um, now I'm in a sort of down cycle of shame and self-loathing and frustration. And then you move often into that anhedonic state where you just don't feel anything. And then you feel kind of normal again and the lights come back on. It's like, wow, oh my gosh, I feel better. I feel so different. What a lot of um, young people do when they're in this part of the cycle is they try to get a lot of stuff done because they finally want to do something and then they burn themselves out and get tired. So it's really helpful, I think, to have a therapist or a life coach or counselor, someone who can, and I mean, you can try to do this with your child, who can kind of guide them through um, how to manage the cycle, how to manage some of the symptoms of these cycles and how to actually collapse the waves a little bit. So the cycle may still happen, but it's not quite as extreme, but you'll often see that pattern. Often it's related to school and homework. Um, most of the time, if it's related to um, anxiety in general, it's around work tasks or school tasks that aren't getting completed. So, I mean, the best treatments for this would be CBT. Talk therapy can also really help. Um, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy is often really helpful. Uh, meds can be very helpful. I sort of look at meds like... Um, it's not the solution at all. And sometimes it can stretch out and elongate the work that actually needs to get done because you feel a little bit better. So you're not actually doing that deeper work that needs to happen, um, but it can give you some buoyancy. It can just be like a swim noodle that just keeps your head just slightly above water. So you can actually use the strategies and put some of those things into place and then work um, with the psychiatrist or the, the therapist around weaning off the medication. It, it does happen, by the way, that this cycle can just happen and then never happen again. 
it, it does happen or this anhedonic feeling can just come over kids and go away. There's one more reason for it that, that I think is important here. And I'll, I'll do a separate podcast on this, but too much dopamine. So kids who are playing, uh, you know, incessantly video games, or they're constantly on their phones and constantly assessed with social media, which happens a lot. Um, and certainly the, the person going through this needs to be open to this, but taking um, a dopamine break, right? Doing like a dopamine fast for at least 24 hours, but certainly like a few days will really help because what happens if you're getting so much dopamine, you're getting these constant hits and zaps for sitting there just scrolling or playing your video game and not doing anything in the real world. When you come back out into the real world, the real world world feels flat and boring and nothing's exciting. And you don't, you're not getting an, any kind of zap from anything. So there's like a reward prediction error that happens in the brain. Um, if you're able to have a conversation after mirroring and connecting, of course, um, that you can maybe help your child see that there's a link between too much dopamine and not getting enough serotonin and oxytocin, which are the feel-good chemicals or the happiness chemicals. Um, see if you can get them to try maybe doing a bit of a dopamine fast or dopamine break that can make a huge difference. And the first 24 hours are hard and then things start to become more interesting again. Um, you will get some pushback on this. So if you can get some buy-in, that would be really helpful. So what do you do? How can you help your child? So the best thing that you can do is just soothe. What you don't want to do is try talking them out of it. Look at all the great things you have. Look how happy your life actually is. Look how much worse life is for other people. You should really feel good. Because then what happens is they now feel guilty and ashamed that they have this great life and they dare to be upset and depressed. And that actually adds to the depression. So trying to talk them out of it doesn't work. Uh, nagging them about exercising and eating properly and all of those things, which are very important and I'll discuss in a moment. But if it comes across as a nagging thing, they're just gonna tune you out. That's not gonna be helpful. That's maybe part two of the conversation. Part one is just soothing. You have to dare to be there. You have to be in that space with them. I'm sorry your brain is doing this to you. Can't imagine what that's like to just feel like the lights are out and nothing is interesting and you miss wanting to do things. You know, can I help you? Is there anything I can do? You know, check on them a lot, dart in and dart out. Sometimes it's really hard to stay in those conversations with your child because they, they're terrifying for you or really sad for you. So you can kind of move in and out of the conversations you know, cuddles, rubbing their back, um, distraction can sometimes help. Lots and lots of conversational mirroring. Please go back to some of the earlier episodes in the podcast for a re refresher on the calm technique because that really is what you have to do here. You have to just be able to stay with them in this state um, and be present for them. It will lift. It usually does. Um, for most kids, it's a few days that they feel like this. Sometimes it can be a little longer. And if it is, that's certainly when you'd um, contact the, your pediatrician, but sometimes it'll just lift. And when it does just kind of go in that wave with them, don't be like, okay, this is great. Don't you feel better? Like, don't do that. Um, lots of cuddles, see if you can get them to, and it's really hard because a lot of teenagers don't want to do this, but, you know, playing a board game or watching a movie with you, something where um, you're kind of connected to them will help a lot. 
Um, now, after you've done the connecting part, after you've really kind of sat with them and been in this space with them, which it is really hard to do, parents. This is not easy. Everything in your body is going to scream that you need to talk them out of it and fix it and convince them to do this, that, and the other. But stay in the first part of that conversation where you're just present. You're just with them. You're not talking them out of it. You're just kind of almost you know, figuratively or literally holding their hand through it. After you've done that a little bit, then you can start to wonder out loud about some of the things they can do. Do you want to open the blinds? Do you want to go for a walk? Um, very casually without angst and like supercharged energy in your voice, um, moving, changing location, going from one room to another, exercise, hugely important. Diet really is related to this. And this is a hard one because teenagers especially you know, don't have the best diets often. That, that will often kick in later when kids are in their 20s. They start to care more about what they're putting into their bodies. Um, but certainly like, you know, heavy carbs and really overly processed foods and soft drinks and things will certainly um, affect the, the gut biome. And there's a relationship between that and depression and anxiety and, and anhedonia. So, you know, casual conversations, more in sound bites, like just little things that you're dropping. Sometimes you can find an article that they might read or somebody interesting or kind of cool on TikTok that addresses it. They're more likely to listen to someone who's younger and more hip than us. That can sometimes help. Um, I would wait and see if there's a pattern. Sometimes this just kind of is a thing that happens from time to time. You'll certainly see this if you know there's been a breakup or you know they've been left out of a friend group. You'll see some of this and it usually will resolve itself when it's acute when it's something that's sort of life generated, if it seems to be something biochemical, that's when you'll see that it lasts a little bit longer. And that's when I would really recommend um, getting help start with your pediatrician. Um, but there's lots of uh, amazing services that are out there. I hope this is helpful. This is a really hard thing to go through with your child. It's certainly not easy to be a teenager. There's a lot of, of angst and heaviness and the world right now is a different place than when we were teenagers. So there are things that they have to worry about and think about that we didn't have to. So good luck with all of that. Please go to connectedparenting.com. I've got lots of resources for you there. Uh, I have my books, we have online courses, we have our village where you can be with other parents and uh, have the help and support of a connected parenting practitioner there to help you with all these parenting issues and guide you through th some of these more difficult things. Um, we also have a whole team of amazing connected parenting practitioners and therapists who can walk you through every step of the connected parenting journey. Um, thank you so much for listening today. And I will see you next time on the next episode of connected parenting.